How tense does life seem right now? It's almost to the point that if a pin dropped during the wrong time, craziness would happen. It's like walking on eggshells or glass. You gotta watch every step nowadays. You gotta watch who you look at. Watch how you act. Don't want to disappoint anyone. Here's the secret. Man disappoints man all the time. Do you ever wake up sometimes wondering, when will this nightmare end? Are you like most people that just hit the spiritual snooze button, go back to bed hoping tomorrow when you wake up everything will be back to normal? I threw up some quotation marks there. Streets are now filled with rioters. Politicians and movie stars are calling for defunding of police departments. Are we on the verge of total anarchy? You know what's even crazier than that? The people want it. Lots of people. Here in America. In our cities, in our towns, our states. In our neighborhoods. I heard a newswoman ask a lady politician that if they were to get rid of the police and someone was to break into her house, who would she call? And the politicians replied. She said, well, that's just one of the privileges you're used to living with. We just have to figure it out. Really? <laughs> Last month was a worldwide flu. It was supposed to kill millions and millions of people. It wasn't even close to that. Looks like it's about to kill about the same amount of people as influenza. And now, the world is rioting. Even China, for some reason, got into the protest. This one confuses me because it has like a million Uyghurs, a large Muslim population that it, it has locked up in a re-education camp because that's what they do with spiritual people. They lock them up in re-education camps trying to re-indoctrinate them to have their beliefs. So let me ask you something. Is this just another strange coincidence of events taking place perfectly orchestrated all over the world? Or is it from God warning us? I get it. Most people just want to live their lives be left alone with their friends and their families and go out on the weekends and do whatever they do. And during all that time of fun, slowly, over a very short period of time, we'll call it 50 or 60 years, something has been slowly de deteriorating the American family of all races. Believe it or not, families of all races would gather around dinner tables and, and enjoy time with each other. They would actually laugh and talk and I don't think they played games. They just enjoyed each other's time. Do you see families doing that today? Are you doing that? You see, there is an evil that is referred to as Satan and his principalities that wages war against the saints. The saints are the elect chosen by God to spread the truth of the gospel. You know, the enemy knew that attacking the family would be key to destroying the last free nation, our nation, America, like it has to so many other nations before us. There are many countries 
I used to thrive with Christians. And now by merely mentioning the name Christian, you could be killed for it. Don't believe me? Look up Christians persecuted in Syria. This wicked and evil sin is like a plague that spread all over the earth, but it's a million times more deadlier than any other disease, coronavirus, or anything else. You see, sickness of any kind could kill the body, but sin can kill the body and soul if not cleansed by the blood of Jesus. If we are seeing a global pandemic, this pandemic is a spiritual flood of sin. Take marriage. These kids today growing up, they don't even want to get married. You know it was almost unheard of to hear about divorce 50 to 60 years ago. People stayed together from the time they were teenagers until they died. It was very rare for it to happen even in the world and almost unheard of to happen in the church fast forward to today and divorce in the world is it's terrible sadly it's almost as equal in the church today as the world slips deeper into what seems to be an abyss of sin Many Christians stand stand idle, hitting that spiritual snooze button shortly after one catastrophe after another happens, not sounding the alarm, not asking people to repent and go back to the Lord and Jesus for, for salvation. So not only did the enemy infiltrate the American family, but evil somehow has subdued the Christian to speak out and spiritually become active again. We have been desensitized somehow, but it's time to wake up. Just because the Bible was completed 2,000 years ago doesn't mean that we are completed. You see, God commands us to go out into the world and preach the gospel. We read in Matthew 24:14, it says, And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached all over the world for the witnesses unto all nations. And when shall the end come? And then shall the end come. Hello? Think about that. We're still here. So it's obviously not finished. If you read in the book of Revelations, the last several weeks I've been reading it, and I felt like I should share it. It's a beautiful book. I don't know why people are afraid of Revelation. The book of Revelation is the the coming it's 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 almost the combination or the culmination of everything from Genesis until the end of the New Testament the beginning the Old Testament is always talking about the prophesying the prophesying or the foretelling of the future Messiah that's going to come to save the Jews we come to find out it was Jesus Christ the Messiah which became the last sacrificial lamb to die on the cross and that his blood would cover his elect from their previous sins, their current and their future sins. Our work is not finished. 
But when you read Revelation, chapter 1, and verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his bondservants the things which must soon take place. And he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant John. You see, John was banned to the island of Patmos. They actually tried to kill him several times. He was poisoned. You can't drink poison today, but before the, the Bible was completed, if God didn't want you to die, you weren't going to die. If he wanted to raise you from the dead, Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. Jesus himself raised from the dead. These things happened, and witnesses saw it. And at some point in time, the saints will rise from the dead. How exciting should that make you feel? Yes, there's a fear of death. But Revelation may be the last book of the Bible, but it's not the last chapter of your life. We're still here. We still have an opportunity to live for Jesus Christ if we just listen through his word, reading it and being obedient and asking for the Lord to give us direction. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your way acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So after the, the revelation of Jesus Christ, John is now uh, tasked with going to the seven churches. He needs to go to them and give them, he condemns five of them. And two of them, he doesn't condemn them, but he warns all seven of them. And the first church that he actually visits is Ephesus. And although John, from the Lord, praises the congregation for its deeds, its hard work and rejection of false prophets, he tells them they've abandoned their first love. So Ephesus made their church a church of works and not a church of grace. You see, Jesus Christ is the works. He completed everything. So there is no work, no tongue, nothing that we can do for salvation. Anytime we do something outside of what the Bible teaches, we are now adding to the Bible. And in Revelation 22, verse 19, it says that if anybody is to add to this word, then he will add to those the plagues that are written in the book. When the Bible was completed, when it was finished, it was finished. The Bible is now our, our prophecy. It's our, our guide. It's our truth. It's everything that we need to understand who Jesus Christ is. It's 2,000 plus pages. We don't need to add any more to it. Smyrna, the church of Smyrna. There was no condemnation to them. The church remained faithful. Although they were in a high, large, or they were in a large Jewish community which was hostile to Christians, they tried many times to stir up Gentiles in Acts 14, uh, verse 2, and Acts 17, verse 13, and they would lie and try to do things to get them in trouble. Speaking of which, has anybody ever seen the uh, pallets of bricks all over the nation, trying to stir the riots up and get people to take those bricks and throw them in the windows and cause all kinds of other problems? Things have never changed. Until Jesus Christ returns, 
evil will abound. But it is up to Christians to be able to stand firm, stand in faith, and profess the truth of the gospel. In Pergamum, they were warned that they compromised its beliefs. They got called out for having some false teachers. It brought out uh, religious and moral compromise. You can't compromise with God. But the Lord always, always calls them to repent. In Revelation 2, verse 16, He calls them out to repent. For those who repent will be given a new identity to Christ. In church, the church of Thyatira, the warning was that they followed also false prophets. It happened to be a wealthy city. The Lord praises them for growing in faith and service, but the church's downfall was its devotion to false prophets that led them to commit idolatry and immorality. In Revelations 2 verse 20. The Lord always gives a warning before He destroys. He's done that across the entire Bible. Always warns before He destroys. And gives them time to repent. If you look at the next church, which was the church of Sardis, the warning to that church is that it was spiritually dead. John didn't play around with this one. He just said they were spiritually dead. In Revelation 3, verse 1 and 6. says you have a reputation of being alive but you are dead like always the warnings are shots over the bow which is done in verse 2 with an, I, I would put an exclamation point but there's a comma it says wake up as we as Christians should wake up strengthen what remains and is about to die for I have found your de- deeds unfinished in the sight of my God We read, those in Sardis who heed Christ's warning will be dressed in white, a symbol of purity and victory, and will be acknowledged in the, in, in the heaven's book of life, in God's book of life. Philadelphia was another one, another one that had, was not condemned. This too was in a large population of, of Jews. The church had patiently endured despite weaknesses in Revelation 3, 7 through 13. And like Smyrna, this church was next to a synagogue, which a community which was hostile to Christians. It's funny how during persecutions, more people come to Christ than when times are prosperous. Think about that for a moment. We move on to Laodicea, which is the seventh church. In this church, it was lukewarm. It had lukewarm faith. You ever feel that you have lukewarm faith? Ironically enough, Laodicea was also another prosperous industrial and commercial center. Lots of money. Lots of things to do. No time for God. In Revelation 3, verse 26, the Lord calls them out and says in verse 16, Because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. In the the beginning, it seems there's no hope for Laodicea. But in verse 18, instead of going after worldly treasures, seek the Lord for his riches. So as it seems that the, the worldly treasures on this earth 
are just what we are desiring and seeking after for. The reality is our treasures are stored up in heaven. He is our treasure. He supplies those for us. God is essentially telling us, do not fall asleep. Do not hit that spiritual uh, snooze button. Always be aware that the thief can come at any point in time, and so we should always be seeking after the kingdom of God. The time is now. Tomorrow I'm going to get into Revelations chapter 4 where John actually visits heaven. So that's going to be exciting to look at that. But it's late. I don't know about you if you're a Christian. But this day and age that we're living in for a Christian is wonderful. (laughs) It is wonderful. Yes, it's scary. I have a beautiful family. I have another baby on the way. But I trust in God more and more every single day. And I'm praying, I truly am praying that you do the same. All I do is open the Bible and read it. I'm praying and asking for you to do the same. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It's also reading it. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, I pray for the listener, Lord, that they just have a desire not to just do the the norm as the rest of the world, but to be different. As so many in this world hit that spiritual snooze button, I pray, Father, that you help them to just wake up. God calls us as his saints to go out into all four corners of the world and to preach the gospel. Now that we've pretty much gone to all four corners, we still have the little corners of our businesses or the corners of our uh, our sports or the corners of our restaurants or the corners of our family. There's always places to go. I talked to a little girl today that I've met for the first time that was hanging out with my daughter and asked her if she knew who Jesus Christ was. And she replied yes and warmed my heart. But I still felt at the same time I needed to explain a little bit more about Jesus. So I explained what he did. That he died on the cross for us to save us. And it brought more joy to my heart because she knew that as well. God bless the parents that shared that with her. Have you shared that with your children? If not, don't let another minute go by or a day. Seek after the kingdom of God through through his gospel, through his word. Pray to him. Ask him to protect you through all this. But most importantly, ask him to use you. There's a lot of lost people out there where they're all over the streets. They're all over the world. But as God tells us, the fields are ready, but the laborers are few. We are the hands and feet of Christ. I pray that you can go out. As I pray that I have the strength to go out. And be the hands and feet of Christ. God bless you. Have a great day.